the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. Now, AM 1220 KNEW presents... New Focus on Wealth with Certified Financial Planner, Chad Burton, drawing from his 20-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matters. New Focus on Wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. Welcome into the show. I'm your host, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. You can find me at chadburton.com. Let me give you a couple updates as of July 20th. Where are we at on the market now? So we had kind of a, a top in interest rates back in mid-June, around 3.52 on the 10-year treasury. It's dropped, and that, that means the bond market has recovered a bit. At one point, the Barclays Ag was down about almost 12%. It's down 9.9 for the year. S&P 500 right now is down 16.8%. The EFA International Developed ETF is down 17.69%. EEM, an emerging market ETF, down 18.35. So we went from kind of emerging markets outperforming the US to a little bit of a reversal of that in the last couple of weeks. And Russell 2000 ETF, if you look at that one down, it's IWM down 19.3. And then just taking a look at the QQQ, which is a bit more heavy uh, in tech, that's the NASDAQ, is down 24.79%. Now, where are we right now? We're going to find out a lot about where we are in the coming weeks as we're in the thick of earnings season. Look at facts at earnings insight. They say the 4-12-month PE ratio for the S&P 500 is 15.8 times earnings. So this that, that PE ratio is below the five-year average, which was high at 18.6 because of low interest rates, and below the 10-year average of 17. And so when we see, as I've mentioned before, Stocks, you know, we get that capitulation situation. And due to knowing that there's a recession, you have to see P ratios and closer to the 14 range. Um, but at the same time, the construction of the SP 500 is, is much more tech oriented, which tends to have a higher P because of higher revenue growth. So we're, we're pretty close, but we're going to see a lot about what's happening with companies in the coming weeks. We've seen pretty decent revenue growth. Now that's going to slow because of supply chain issues a bit. And we've definitely seen an increase in costs. And so far, you know, it's it, not a lot of companies have reported, but so far we're looking at charts where we see increasing costs versus revenue growth about even. Um, but it's really how long is this going to take? I mean, there's a lot of um, chicken and egg situations in in the economy in terms of Hey, I need these circuit boards so I can create more fab plants to to create these chips. And and then the person that creates the circuit board saying, "Well, yeah, but the company that we get the boards from, they need your chips in order to create the boards." 
for us to, and it's just, it's, it's kind of an issue going on right, right now. Um, talk a little bit more about that later, possibly, but big day for European central banks. There is a meeting today to discuss an interest rate increase Thursday. Um, we went eight years with Mario Draghi as the head of the ECB without a rate hike. We'll see what Christine Lagarde says. Um, now, again, just like the Federal Reserve that deals with overnight lending rates between banks, that's typically what they're announcing, right? Um, same thing with the ECB. It's, it's more of, a, of what governments are doing. But meanwhile, Madrid, Poland, Spain, Hungary, these countries are either clamoring uh, for mortgage holidays or extra taxes on bank fees and interest earned by banks. So you've seen a rise in interest rates over there already in terms of consumer-based um, so like Spain, for example, is mulling a 5% tax on bank fees and interest charges to the government. Um, Poland last week allowed homeowners to suspend, suspend mortgage payments. It's getting hit pretty hard over there. And it's crazy because like I mentioned, if you look at EFA, which is an ETF that represents the international developed, uh, according to YCharts, the weighted average PE ratio is 12.81 times earnings. So the, so the price earnings ratio, the price of stock divided by the earnings per share, PE, uh, the lower means cheaper. Now, lower doesn't always mean better because you might have a very cheap PE because the stock just isn't growing revenue anymore. Um, and even though that you look at the you know, dividend yield or whatever. And, and like I mentioned before, it's north of 4%. If you look at the SEC yield in terms of dividends being paid, it's a little over 2%. So fundamentally, it looks cheap, decent yield, but nothing's gone away in terms of it's creating the issue over there. If anything, it's gotten worse. Now we are hearing news of some sort of a pipeline being turned on, um, that's, but nobody knows how much is going to flow through it. So who knows? So we still have the Russia issue with Ukraine causing an energy crisis over there and now a heat wave. So fundamentally, things can look really, really cheap, but you got to kind of wait for some things to clear up before you want to say, oh, okay, it's time to overweight international. Now, we did see this inflation print, um, you know, over 9%. And now we are likely at peak inflation. We have obvious demand destruction when, you know, people are that are living to paycheck to paycheck, you know, families being crushed essentially and shopping less for other things. And man, I remember this. I remember living in Bend, Oregon in the 80s. And my mom worked for Copeland Lumber, you know, single mom, two kids, worked for Copeland Lumber. And, and at that time, it basically shut down because the timber industry issues that were going on and that was during a high inflationary period. And well, we had to move to the coast and move in with my grandparents. That's, <laughs> that's how that all worked out. It, it's tough on families living paycheck to paycheck. And the good news is though we have seen a large decline in commodity prices since June. I laughed when I was prepping for this um segment because when I was, I can't remember what I was looking but I, I caught this article. It was on June 23rd and US News had this online article, eight best commodity ETFs to buy now. And one of them was DBC, which is Invesco's DB Commodity Index Tracking Fund. 
Now, the, the the recent peak in commodity prices so far was June 8th, and, and that fund is down about 16% since June 8th, but it's down 7% since the article was written. So it just kind of points out that, I mean, if you look at the return over the last two years of it, um, you know, you see a big increase even yet still with this decline, this recent pullback. But it's it's just like clickbait and news and financial pornography essentially <laughs> makes people jump into things that have already done well oftentimes. So oil is down about 16.5% since June 8th as well. So we had just a, a big decrease in commodity prices and, and then, you know, bond market rally or the bond market interest rates on the 10-year treasury peaked out about 3.52 about mid-June. And so now the market is looking past peak inflation and on to slower economic growth. I think we all realize that there's going to be a recession here. Um, and even if it doesn't have two negative quarters of GDP growth, it's going to feel like it to a lot of people. But it, you know, what, what the banks... You know, the governments are doing it at the Federal Reserve in terms of raising interest rates. Is, to me, it's all about the supply chain and getting that back on track. So, how long this is going to last depends on really getting the supply chain issues back on track. It's going to take time to get also in the long run out of China and back into US and Mexico and other global alliances in terms of production. And so, while we have definitely enjoyed a decade or so of really, really low inflation, it's not going to stay at this 9% rate, that's for sure. But we're probably going to you know, still be uh, a little higher in this next decade because of deglobalization. This is going to be tough on small companies. Interesting times to retire, that's for sure. Um, if you've heard me talk before, I like portfolios to look like a retirement portfolio at least five years before retirement so that if you're retiring into a situation like this, you know it's still going to be okay because we do recover. It does take time. To be anywhere from a few months to three years. But I still fully believe that over the next 20 years, stocks will average 10 to 11%. Bonds a little bit unknown in the next five years as rates increase and we deal with a little bit of inflation. Um, but stocks will take care of you over time for sure. But it is, it's definitely, if you're like, hey, I'm heading into retirement and the market's down 20%, bonds are down, basically everything's down but commodities for the year. It's it's a tough and it's a good time to reset, take a look at your plan, take a look at how you're investing and create a new plan going forward. How's this going to work? How's this going to look? Do you have enough? Now, this the situation that we're going through right now, I mean, look, I, I tell my clients that we're you're going to see this every seven years. You're going to see these big events every seven to 10 years. If you're retired for 35 years, you know, 65 to 100 potentially, just think of how many times you're going to deal with these larger corrections. And sometimes they're secular recessions and sometimes they're structural recessions. And so far, this is just, hey, we, we kind of pump too much money into the system and we have the supply chain issue because of COVID. And, you know, Russia jumped on that opportunity and here we are. Now, I think this is going to be real tough on smaller tech companies in that have anything to do with selling hardware. And let me explain that in a minute. I mean, first of all, we're already going to hear about layoffs in the financial sector, right? We heard that with... Um, we'll continue to kind of hear that in, in the area of you know trading and, and, and other places like that where um, you know, it's obvious what's going on with the economy. But what's interesting is is... 
something that I hadn't heard about since college in this contract clause called force majeure. And it's spelled, so it's force and then M-A-J-E-U-R-E. And it's a common clause in contracts, which essentially frees both parties from liability or obligation when an extraordinary event or circumstance occurs. So examples of this would be a disease epidemic, hurricane, earthquake, other natural disaster events that fall under the legal term act of God. And so guess what? Declaration of war and epidemic, that's all part of it. And you just heard about this in the news recently because uh, Gazprom, G-A-Z-P-R-O-M, right? Gazprom declared a force majeure on several European natural gas buyers, a move that may signal that it intends to keep supplies capped, reinforcing Russia's grip on the region's energy. So that was just, you know, straight out of a Bloomberg article. This is occurring in the tech space right now. Larger companies are getting rid of smaller, annoying contracts. So when you don't have enough goods to sell, you can't get enough chips out there or whatever that you're selling as a you know, part of this overall supply chain. And you've been booked out for a long period of time. And so you gotta you gotta say, look, I gotta keep my I gotta keep what I'm selling available to my best, most profitable customers. So in order to, because you have less goods to sell, you have less revenue. You've got to control costs and, and have higher profit margins. So larger companies are using this force majeure to get rid of smaller, annoying contracts, essentially. So I th- you're starting to hear about it, but I think that, you know, if, if you Google, um, you know, force majeure and any companies that have used this so far, it's becoming common and it's something that, um, is, tough on the smaller tech companies that deal with anything that you have to physically sell and, and probably other companies too. So that, that is going to continue to cause a bit of inflation, obviously, because if there's less goods being produced and there's dependent projects that have to be finished to get these goods, these companies are going to pay more for them. I mean... I mean, just certain types of chips have already gone through the roof and costs, and that's going to flow through to components. But I still think, you know, if, if that we could be, you know, likely in peak inflation, if not, you know, three to six months away or so. But that's something that, you know, right now we're keeping an eye on because the labor market is so strong and the, the, the 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 pay structure at the, the you know higher middle class and above has been okay it's it's just and it was starting to improve for the lower and middle class and it kind of stalled out but it's hard to perceive any kind of a major recession um when the consumer is still doing pretty well in terms of not being overextended um most are employed right now and so it's really an issue now of how are companies going to protect profit margins in the face of rising costs? And that's what we're going to be watching. Um, now, speaking of rising costs, when I do financial planning, I start very, with very specific cash flow planning where you can clearly see, okay, here's my income sources. And so eventually I retire and I have you know, pension, social security and things like that. And you have to do some analysis to say what's the perfect age for this couple or single person to take social security. 
And then you have to choose in financial planning software programs, do you want to put a cost of living increase in that social security? And I, I, you know, a lot of times if I'm, if somebody's 55 and older, I might use one or 2% to be safe in the first run at a retirement scenario. Lower than that, I, I, I kind of feel like any increase in social security will be offset in the future by higher taxes or higher increases on Medicare Part B premiums. But, you know, look at it. In 2022, there's a 5.9% increase in social security payments. And in 2023, we, we may see a 9 to 10% increase somewhere around in there in social security payments. And that's going to be good because the, the number, I, I haven't looked at it lately, but it was something like, 70% of retirees, their primary source of income was Social Security. And that was really meant to keep people out of poverty. It wasn't meant to be a primary source of income in retirement. And, um, you know, luckily we have this big boom in millennials to help support the system. But we still have an issue with Social Security in terms of how long it will be. Like what, 2034, I think was the last study before what Social Security is taking into the system is going to be lower than what it's paying out. So benefits have to be changed by law. So it needs to be fixed. And so far, we've had zero, zero presidents that have really dealt with anything on this front in terms of how do we fix the system. Now, speaking of increases, as in interest rates go up and inflation goes up, you're starting to see banks pay more money. And I run into people all the time with large amounts of cash in just a normal bank account because they're you know, close to her in retirement. And we like to say, okay, calculate your total expenses, including healthcare costs and taxes, and then figure out what you have in social security and pensions and dependable rental properties and some dividends. And the rest, you're going to have to take out of your portfolio every year. That's a draw amount. And that three years worth of that should be in safe money. So people keep a lot of cash. Um, and most banks are paying about nothing, right? Now you can go on Bankrate and NerdWallet in different places and and just you know type in highest yielding FDIC insured accounts, and you'll find a couple. You find Lending Club, which is which is funny because a lot of people got burned in that deal, and, and if they did anything with Lending Club, but Lending Club is turned into like this FDIC online bank now, so FDIC insured rather. So they've got a money market account currently paying one point five two. Marcus, which is a Goldman Sachs company down is paying 1.2. So is Capital went 360 in Barclays at 1.4%. So one of my one of our advisors, Brad, was um, he's got a Capital One 360 account. And he took a look at his statement and he realized that one of his savings account was only paying 0.3% and the other one was paying 0.5 while the new 360 performance saving account was was being stated online at 1.2. So he called and said, what's going on? And he was pretty ticked off. The old accounts didn't get the bump. So he's, he's literally having to go in and create new accounts um, at Capital One 360 to get the same stated rate that they're offering new accounts. And so he sent an email asking if, you know, has anybody seen the same thing at Ally, Synchrony, American Express, Marcus, and some of these other banks? So if you have some of these online FDIC insured banks, you might want to double check the rate that you're actually getting right and it's a good time to say okay hey i i i do have a living trust account and a lot of these online banks don't do very well opening a living trust account um 
And so I'm finding a lot of people, I have a living trust, but then they open up these accounts at FDIC insured banks that aren't under the trust, which is not a good thing. Um, and also having a trust account is you can get more FDIC insurance. So for example, if you're a married couple and you have a bank account, um, each person gets 250000 of FDIC insurance. So if you have a joint account, that's a half a million dollars of FDIC insurance. But if you have a living trust and you have two kids and you open a living trust account, it's everybody involved in most situations. So it's four times 250000 So if you have a, 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 mil, a, a living trust account and two kids and a, and a spouse, you can open up a bank account and have a million dollars of FDIC insurance. That's how that typically works. Always check with the bank. But that's something a lot of people don't realize because they just, if people are hoarding cash, they're moving and accumulating too many bank accounts thinking that they're limited to 250. So keep that in mind. But it's a good time to say, okay, what am I truly earning on my cash right now? What are some of these online FDIC insured bank options that are out there? Because you can tie it to your existing checking account. A lot of people don't want to give up their existing checking account because I got my bill pay set up out of it. You know, and you just, just you just link them back and forth, and you can move money typically overnight um, from one account to the other. It's, it's really seamless. You got apps and things like that. So check out some of these banks. Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for twenty five hundred dollars per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. You might call it the suitcase is always packed pass. Or the wait, I get to choose from 100,000 trips pass. The will it be the beach, city, mountains, or all free pass. Or you could just call it what we call it, the Inspirado Pass. Endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. Learn more at inspiradopass.com. A couple of things you want to do during corrections like this is, is do some tax loss harvesting. That's where if you have something in a non-retirement account, stock, ETF, bonds, for example, and you sell it, you can buy something similar. You can't buy something identical. You can stay invested. You can see how these you know, big jumps in the market, if you don't want to miss out on those because it can drastically affect your returns. But you can harvest the losses to offset gains. Now, you don't want to over-harvest. You know, for some people that I know have a, a real estate or a business sale going, I harvest as much as I can during a time like this. But for others that um, don't have a major capital gain coming or don't have a highly concentrated stock that they need to whittle away at, it's going to cause some gains in the future. We typically estimate, okay, what are, what's the typical capital gains distributions from mutual funds and ETFs that they might own in non-retirement accounts and harvest up to that point? So those are some things that your advisor should be talking to you about at this point in time. If not, then you probably are just paying... 1% plus for a basic pie chart portfolio and no planning advice. And that's not okay. You should expect more. Um, I also wanted to mention, I had an interesting conversation with a lady. I don't know if it was interesting to her. and It was probably a little bit more depressing, but um, a local fidelity office referred to us because um, we, when, when there's planning situations that um, require uh, CFPs and a team and the client kind of has moved beyond just self-management or, or basic portfolio management will get referrals. And this lady had, you know, her, one of her primary concerns was how she leaves money to her heirs and making sure that it's the least amount because she was kind of shocked. She was like, first moved from Santa Barbara to be closer to kids in, in Oregon and then recently decided to move across the river into Washington for a lower 
income tax situation. Now, what, what's interesting is California is an expensive place to live and work and earn money, but it's a cheap place to die. In other words, the, the state of California doesn't do anything with estate taxes, whereas Oregon and Washington does. So a lot of people move, oh, I'm going to move from California to the state of Washington, for example, um, and I'm going to have no state income tax. Well, there's a lot of thinking that goes with that. So first of all, you have to truly know what you're paying in California state income taxes because even people that have high income, it's typically around a 6% effective yield by the time all is said and done um, for most retirees that I see. And then you have really low property taxes. And, you know, as soon as you move, you got to, you know, buy a new home, you pay higher property taxes, you got to buy new furniture typically to go into it. You know, there's all these different things that go into play and you then just, you might save a little bit on your income tax, but you might cost your family 10% of anything over $2 million in the state of Washington, for example. So you've got to consider your estate planning when you move. And typically when you move, you have to redo your restate your living trust to make sure that the rules are correct in the trust and what you want to do to avoid any state, unnecessary state inheritance tax. So before you do an estate plan, it, it's interesting to me because a lot of people go in to see an attorney because they want, oh, I, I want to deal with leaving money to my heirs. I don't know how you can do that without having a long-term projection, a very detailed financial plan that says, here's my income, here's my portfolio, Here's what I'm drawing out of it and paying taxes. Here's how my required minimum distributions are forced out of my IRA starting at age 72. And here's how much I'm going to be worth when I'm 95 years old. How do you go into an attorney without knowing those numbers? And I see this all the time because I see in our, in our industry, doctors are famous for this. I've got some really good doctor clients, but I've met a lot that they hit that high income mark and they spend everything. So they look very wealthy, lots of nice cars and homes and things like that. But based on their cash flow scenario and when they want to retire, they barely have enough to, to last age 100. So they do all this fancy estate planning, yet their actual value of their portfolio to live their lifestyle that they want once they hit you know, age 90, 95 is, isn't much. And they kind of overplan. And in your, you got a long-term cash flow report, which leads into a long-term asset projection where you're looking at a, essentially a, a sheet that shows, okay, here's what your cash looks like throughout retirement, your taxable non-retirement accounts, your retirement accounts, your real estate, things like that. And then you start having to realize, okay, the IRA planning has changed. We used to be able to leave our IRAs to our kids. And the kids could defer the taxes over their entire lifetime and just have to take a little bit out each year. Now your kids, unless there's certain issues that qualify them like disability and things like that, have to pay the taxes within 10 years of inheriting the IRA. And then you might have plans to leave some money to charity. And it's definitely better to leave IRA money to charity because then nobody pays the taxes. And so when it comes to estate planning, one of the things you definitely need to consider is IRA to Roth conversions, where you move some money out each year from your IRA to a Roth, you pay the taxes now because you're going to pay it anyway. Starting at age 72, you have to take required minimum distributions and you have to have a long-term projection that shows the increase in your tax rates over time 
Because then you have to say, okay, what tax rate are my kids at likely when they inherit this money? And what will happen to their tax bracket if they have to pay it over 10 years or in the 10th year? And if you're trying to do family planning and estate planning and a legacy planning, and that's a goal of yours, then you should definitely be looking at IRA to Roth conversions. Because if you know you have income, say you're married filing jointly, you've got you know, 150 grand of, of taxable income. You got another 28 grand that you can convert from an IRA to a Roth and still be at that 22% federal bracket. And your kids are likely a higher bracket than that in the future. So it's just, it, not only is it planning for you to get some tax-free growth, but it's planning for your kids to have a, a tax-free account that they get to grow tax-free for another 10 years once they inherit it. And so stocks, real estate, Ross, best assets you can leave to your kids. Thanks for listening. Please tell a friend about the show. If you need some financial planning help, estate planning, taxes, we deal with all of it as well as the portfolios. Find out our team of, gosh, over 80 certified financial planners and a bunch of CFAs for the portfolio. Just check it out at chadburton.com. The chadburton.com podcast is links are there as well. Have a great day. Please tell a friend about the show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.